In this series, we want to focus on the beginning and obviously one of the most convicting, challenging, and powerful moments for these newfound followers of Jesus when he got away from the city and he he began teaching them. And it, it was this mind blow, ultimately. It was this moment where he began to instruct them about the characters of those who follow Christ, those who follow God in heaven. And these were these were character traits. They were characters to become as followers of Jesus. They were not uh, behavior modifications or even an expectancy on someone who's yet to follow Jesus. These are teachings for the Christian. And my prayer is that we can learn these characters and begin to recognize them when we see the tension of them in our life. And instead of pulling away or backing up, we could, we could lean in and embrace these qualities of character as they rise up. And if we do, then we'll attain that verse 11 phrase, blessed are you. We'll have that mark upon our life. Last week, we concluded with what is known as the Great Commission, right? Jesus gathers his disciples after the resurrection and, and, and they're still in that phase of doubt. Like, is this really happening? This is the risen Lord and they're in the middle of, of this same location, right? They're up on the mountainside with Jesus right before he's going to ascend into heaven. And he says to them uh, in this group, he's like, here's the deal. I want you to go. I want you to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to teach them everything I've commanded you, right? And then surely I am with you even at the end of the age. You're not alone even at the end of the age. But I want to focus in on this element today that he said, teach them everything I've commanded, right? We're supposed to teach everything Jesus has commanded. And when we begin to think of what belongs after Easter, right? We've renewed our faith. We've connected again to Jesus in such a deep way when we understand the price he paid for us. What could we bring to life? Well, if we're supposed to obey all of his teachings, what about we dive into his incredible Sermon on the Mount and specifically right from the get-go, the beginning, the Beatitudes. And so we focus in on this, these practical insights, which are a mind scramble for the disciples there. What do I mean by that? It's not like Jesus is teaching something new. He's teaching something to these guys that's very familiar, but with a different paradigm to it. He's like, you, you've heard this, but I'm going to teach this. And that's farther ahead in the Sermon on the Mount. But the, these people's minds are about to be opened in a great extent right at the beginning of his discipleship of them. So Jesus didn't change anything. He just illuminated the intentions or the original intentions of what they had already learned you know, throughout the Old Testament times. And so this Sermon on the Mount begins with this blessed culture. Blessed are you. And uh, thus the name of the series, right? It's not if you have left everything in your past, then you are blessed. Or if you if you have it all, then you are blessed. It's not if you're not feeling lost right now, then you're blessed. Or if you're at the top of your game and getting accolades, you're blessed. It's not uh, no one's upset with you, so you must be blessed. This is just 
you've chosen to put your faith in the crucified Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, and in that, blessing rises up in these different areas. And ultimately, this is teaching that all Christians are taught to allow these qualities rise up. All Christians are meant to manifest all of these characteristics, not just like, well, the Lord's only given me peacemaking. You know, it's like, no, he wants us to manifest all of these things. And it would be unfair for me to tell you that it's easy. In fact, some of these are not natural at all. And you're going to feel a tension when these qualities rise up in you. So let's begin the journey, right? Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Our big idea today is simply this. We do need Jesus. We do need Jesus. I don't know why when I say that, I, I, I imagine Nacho Libre and uh, one of the greatest theologians, right? Nacho, the, I'm totally joking. And since I'm talking to a camera, I have no idea if you're laughing right now, but I'm just going to assume you are. But he would say, we did, right? We did need Jesus. We do need Jesus. We got to understand that it's not we need Jesus. It's we do need Jesus. We experience heaven on earth when we're empty of ourselves. We need to open our dependency up to God and take a right position, I guess you would. I love how John the Baptist put it. John 3.30, he says, he must become greater and greater. I must become less and less. Our right position is to, to, to be poor in spirit and allow him to elevate. Uh, it's in seasons like this right now where our hands are tied, where we feel like we've lost freedoms, we're confused as to when and if or what normal might look like again. I think that's a, almost a daily conversation in our home. What's it going to be like? When's school going to be back? When? What will my senior year look like? What will, you know, there's a lot of unanswerable questions. And it's in moments we realize, man, we do need the encouragement that only Jesus can bring our spirit. Like we're, there's no control I have in this. I can only go, God, you are over everything. You have control, and I'm surrendering myself to you. It's in our powerlessness that we see the power of Jesus rise up and give us unexplainable peace, unexplainable courage, unexplainable comfort. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Are you poor in spirit, I guess would be the question. Like, what is poor in spirit? How do we get poor in spirit? And if we don't know what it looks like, how do we keep it when we get it? That's what we want to explore. And I thought maybe, you know, what we each need is a divine encounter, or maybe it just takes a divine encounter on a boat, 
Listen to this story that I think illustrates beautifully the genuine elements of becoming poor in spirit or evidencing that you're poor in spirit as Jesus calls his first disciples. And as Dana mentioned earlier, this is the moment, kids, where you've got your piece of paper. This scene is one that, man, there's so many different options of drawing to happen here. I can't wait to see what you come up with because this is a visual, visual moment. Uh, this is it, Luke 5, verse 1. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water so he could. Uh, so he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. This time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. <laughs> his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. They became followers of Jesus this day. What a moment. They left everything. They left everything that used to be called normal. They abandoned it. They, the, everything they had built their lives on. All their value is in this work that they probably inherited from their family. These nets they learned how to mend. These boats they cared and tended for. They left it right there. They left everything and followed Jesus. And being poor in spirit is much like this moment. It's leaving everything up to Jesus as we follow him. Here's my everything, Lord, right? Man, how do we become poor in spirit? Thought one, we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves. Peter, who his original name was Simon, right? And this, this is Peter's boat that Jesus got into. Peter realizes this is a miracle way beyond his ability as an expert fisherman. He humbles himself before the Lord, falling to his knees, awestruck in confession of his sins right there before Jesus. Peter isn't on his knees because of the fish. He's on his knees because of the one who made the miracle. He's Lord, right? This master, Lord, God, 
here, I'm sinful. I don't deserve to have you in this boat. Have you had a moment like that? Have you had a divine encounter where you could only just step back and go, I am not worthy of this moment. I'm in right here, right now. God showed up. Wow. Um, I've had many over the course of my years and where you're just like, the Lord showed up. I remember once when I was praying in my bedroom in Muckleteal, Washington. I had a large bedroom and I have this couch there and I'm kneeling in prayer as I was doing daily in practice. And all of a sudden, God distinctively calls me into ministry. I remember just being like speechless and awestruck and going, me? I'm not worthy to be in ministry. What about the moment when I, I crossed the state after getting my pastoral license, uh, following the obedience from the moment in the couch in my bedroom, and, and now I'm licensed, I'm married, I'm driving across the state to interview for churches, and I'm leaving Valley Assembly of God knowing after a first interview that this is where I was going to start in ministry hours away from anybody we knew, hours away from everything that we had grown up with in a new city I'd never been in, just awestruck and tearful and moved to the point of just like, God, am I worthy of this still, right? I've had so many moments like this. This is what I'm going to do. This week, every day on Instagram, Facebook, I'm going to record one of these divine encounter moments just to encourage you to kind of hunger for God in those moments that would just let you be humbled and know, man, I am less and he is more. I just want to encourage you with these stories. When was the last time you realized your smallness compared to God's vastness? That's what's happening to Peter here. And that's what happens in our lives as we follow Jesus. Falling to our knees, either figuratively or literally in the presence of God. Being moved to tears because of the great wonders of our Savior. That understanding that you do need Jesus. That's humility. And that's this essence, this key element in being poor in spirit, if you would. Some of us are being humbled right now because of everything around us, but really, have we chosen to be humble? Or are we some of those rising up, wanting to stand against and make the signs? And, and I, I, I ultimately was incredibly saddened when I saw people holding signs that, that said, old people die, let's get back to work. I'm like, are you really? Wow, that's hurtful. That's, that's not compassion. That's not love. And I just like, oh, Lord, humble us. <laughs> Touch our hearts. It's okay to let a moment like this occur and grow in our ability to spend time with God during it. Maybe he needs to rearrange us some more. Maybe he needs to realign our spirit, redirect our heart. Peter and his family were not able to catch any fish. They had the worst fishing night of their lives probably, right? The family business had come to a standstill. Sound maybe familiar to our culture around us. They were left to just mending nets, but then Jesus 
shows up with hope. Then Jesus shows up in power, right? And they left everything and followed him. They packed up the profession to follow their provider. Maybe you've heard the passage a few times in the past month. If you're like me with friends that are pastors or in churches, I've heard it quoted almost daily on my social feeds. Uh, but it's the number 714. And where it comes from is 2 Chronicles 714, where it says, If my people who are called by na my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll... I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins and restore their land. Now, ultimately, the fulfillment of this was Jesus showing up on the scene so that he could go to the cross and we could put our faith in him as the son of God. And when he rose again, death, hell, the grave was conquered. He bore our sickness and pain in his stripes that he bore. We've celebrated that this past weekend, but we need to remember every day the price that's paid for, for our life to live through him giving us this understanding, right, that we should be humbled in the presence of Almighty God. And if we do humble ourselves and pray, He still hears us. He still answers. He still has grace for us and love for us and loves to see us. When we're weak, He's strong, right? Maybe like Peter, you're feeling helpless or you're you're considering yourself too sinful to be in the presence of God or you're fearful, that's, that's normal, right? And you're trying to turn him away because you're just afraid. Notice this is not Jesus' desire for Peter and the other fishermen there that he called in for the rescue. He has more. And that leads us to our second thought today. The second way we become poor in spirit is we receive Christ. We receive Christ. Peter tried to push Christ away. Get away from me. Leave me. I'm a sinner. These character traits are not for those, again, who have yet to follow Jesus. These are for the Christian to help those of us realize our Christ-likeness or our Christ-centeredness, recognize Jesus becoming more within us. And we must first admit our need for Jesus, but then we have this beautiful moment of when we can lean in to this quality of that's kind of Christ-like, it's different. This was this felt a little clunky this first time, but I want more of this. Peter falls to his knees confessing his sins in this moment, attends to push, attempts to put Jesus away, but Jesus led him to follow, and Jesus led him to lead others. In fact, he built his church on this man, Peter. He said, I'm going to call you Rock. Your name's not Simon anymore. It's Peter, and I'm going to build the church through you. Sure enough, you read in the book of Acts, Peter was on fire. Could it be because he started in humility? I mean, Peter was aggressive. Peter made mistakes. He'd jump out on the water, then he would sink, and he, he denounced Jesus in the whole, from the cross to the grave scenes, but yet he was humble. He was, he received Jesus and never pushed him away. He didn't let that moment define him. And he was not too proud to obey Jesus. He tossed the net on the other side of the boat, even though he was, a, who, who is this Jesus? And, and, and I'm a professional fisherman. 
James 4, 6 says this, He gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. This was a, a correctional teaching, right? This was very important. But Peter, in his outgoing, crazy, water-walking disciple self, began his journey with Jesus by almost pushing him away. And instead, he realized that if he came close to Jesus, Jesus was faithful to forgive and came close to him. This is significant. And that's how the church is built, that we could draw close to Jesus. When, when we're poor in spirit and we want him to come more and us to become less, we got to draw close to him for that to happen daily. How can you and I begin encouraging this poor in spirit character within us? Well, it's our challenge for today. I believe we have to start our day. Well, start your day with a prayer of humility. And we've given you a specific prayer in the fill-ins, the outline there, and it's this. Jesus, I give up to you, blank, fill, fill it in for yourself, and I accept, blank, from you today. I need you today, Jesus. What a great way to start off your day. Before you check your social, before you can grab the, the phone and, and listen to your Bible passage even, just say, Jesus, I give up to you anger and I accept forgiveness from you today. I do need you today, Jesus. Right? I give up to you anxiety and I accept hope and comfort from you today. I give up to you pornography. I accept purity from you today. I give up to you my finances, God, and the worries of my job. And I accept from you provision today, Lord. You could fill these blanks with anything. I give up to you my temptations. Name them. Be specific. You know, I give up to you the, 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 the gluttony because I've made way too much homemade ice cream and I just thank you that you satisfy my soul <laughs> and my needs. Oh man, I need to pray that. Okay, moving on. But, uh, you know, reality is God let me become less and you become greater in me today. Can I pray that for you? God, I thank you for every person who found their way to this online service today. And I pray right now that, uh, that people would respond to your grace, your mercy, your love, that we would receive you, that we would like welcome you, that we would not only just welcome you, the understanding of you, but we would choose to follow you as disciples, the same as, as Peter did, his brothers. I pray that God, you, you would allow people to say, Jesus, come into my life. I accept you as my Lord and Savior, and I do give you all my sins. I hand them over to you. I need you. I do need you today, Jesus. And God, that you would flood them with answers to their prayers and their surrenders, that you would become more as they become less, and that, God, we would be more fulfilled this week as we're poor in spirit than we would if we just felt entitled by the Savior we follow. Help us become less and you become more. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
Amen.